Hello, Monetization Nation. Have you ever wondered, is there a system that could help you be more effective in managing your marketing team and resources? If so, this episode is for you. In this episode, we're joined by Andrea Freirer, the author of Mastering Marketing Agility. In this episode, Andrea will share three core principles of agile marketing. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Thank you so much for joining us today, Andrea. Yeah, I'm excited for our chat. So to start off, can you tell us something that you are super passionate about? Oh, I think besides continuing my search for the perfect Kanban board, um, which will no doubt be a lifelong quest of mine. Um, I'm really passionate about my adopted home of Colorado. Um, I grew up in Texas where we had zero mountains and now I live within eyeshot of the mountains and it's just great. Like we, my husband and I just went on a nice long walk over lunch and it's just beautiful to be outside. And especially in the last year to be in a place that's gorgeous and able to be outside when I can't be very many other places. I agree. All right. So today we are going to talk about marketing agility. Um, Andrea, could you share with us your journey to become an expert agile marketer? Yeah, it's a, it's a slightly circuitous one. Um, like many marketing professionals, I did not go to school to be a marketer. Uh, I sort of fell into it. Uh, I have an English degree and uh, took my first job as an editorial assistant for a newspaper syndicate. And then when they needed a website redesign, because I was the most digitally savvy person in the building, I was put in charge of that project. Uh, and then, of course, once you have a website, you need people to come to it, which turns into search engine optimization and pay-per-click advertising and things like that which snowballed into having to know a lot about marketing, which I barely even knew was a thing back then. Um, as content marketing grew into the sort of new way of doing best practice level marketing, my English degree was suddenly quite useful, much to my parents' delight, who thought <laughs> English degrees would never be, would never be um, monetarily viable. Um, and so, yeah, I started getting into content marketing and content strategy and was working at a software company where my poor little content team was just getting annihilated. We couldn't keep up with the agile software development team that we were putting out content to support the features they were developing. And I finally convinced my boss to let us try to do the same thing they were doing, right? They're using this agile thing. Can we do that? And then maybe we'll actually be able to keep up with our workload. So he gave me permission and I went out and got trained, got certified and came back and started experimenting on our little marketing team. And because I'm a content marketer, I wrote all about it. And um, people started reaching out to me to ask me to help them the same way that I had helped our team. And eventually enough people asked that I left and founded Agile Sherpas to help more and more marketers. And that's what I've been doing for uh, it's about four, four and a half years now. Well, congratulations. So this show is about digital monetization. And, and let me re restate, you, you figured a way to actually monetize your, 
your English degree and, and you're saying that content marketing is the solution to monetize or content yeah. marketing and, and marketing uh, agility is the way to monetize a market uh, content. Yeah, it, that was at least how it worked really well for us because I was writing and speaking about agile marketing for years before we started Agile Sherpas. So we had a, an inbound presence really before a content presence before the business existed. So we've, we're in our fourth year and we have every single client we've ever gotten has been inbound. Like we've never made a sales call. Our content brings us all of our clients. Um, so it's, it's a pretty good, good engine if you can get it going. Yeah. That is definitely a tectonic shift happening in the world today is, is, is we produce great content, we build a following, we build credibility and it helps bring the right people to us. Yeah. 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 Great. And it, it markets for you forever. You know, I, I was on the phone with a client this morning and she, we're talking about a problem she was having. She's got an article of ours that's like two years old up on her screen, referencing it while we're talking, right? Like she's yep. using that material still to help her, even though we've been working with them for months now, she's still looking at, at that stuff asynchronously to our coaching sessions, which is just like, that's great. It works all the time. Okay. Can you tell us what is agile marketing? Yes. So there are kind of, there's two ways to look at it, right? One is that agile marketing is simply the application of agile frameworks that were first developed in software to the marketing profession, right? Taking those frameworks and then putting marketing work through them. And then of course, making the necessary adjustments because they were created to help software developers, which is marketers are not those, those people. We're doing different kinds of work. There's different complexities to the way that we work. Um, and that's kind of the, oh, let's say the, the nuts and bolts kind of definition. Um, I think it's sometimes useful to take it up a level from there though, and think about agile marketing is about setting up systems that allow you to deliver value to an audience faster and more consistently, right? So instead of We'll do annual planning for like three weeks in January, and then we'll go make this giant advertising campaign that costs millions of dollars, and we'll release it in October and cross our fingers and hope that it works out. That's really traditional style of marketing, right? Instead, it's like, how can we get something in front of our audience and see what they think, right? Get their feedback, get their input. And then if they liked it, let's do more and build it up. They didn't like it, great. It only took us a couple of weeks to build it. So we'll throw it out and try something different. So it's a much more iterative, continuous value stream than, than more of those old school styles of marketing work. Love it. So that's a great benefit to the business. What else or what other benefits can you think of that would come to a business by implementing agile marketing? Yeah, Agile is really all about customer centricity, which makes it a perfect marriage for marketing because we should be thinking about, right, we're that connection between the business and the customer. And so it's it becomes that really ongoing point of connection. So you de-risk a lot of your activities if you can test and learn in an Agile way so that you don't hit end up with this big bang campaign that is quite catastrophic for your brand, which we all know, right? Many instances when that's happened to brands, they put out a huge campaign and they get major backlash from it. An agile approach is designed to keep that from happening because you tested and learned at the front end of that 
so that you avoid the, the big explosion at the end. Love it. So what are some of the key components or core principles of agile marketing? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several, you know, these are the values that are kind of like at the base, at the foundation of the ways that we work. And it's things like a bias toward action, right? A bias towards experimentation and learning as opposed to, well, we're going to do it this way because that's the way we've always done it. And it seems to work pretty well. So that bias toward the status quo is going to make it difficult for you to get into that test and learn mode. Uh, there's also needs to be a high degree of trust and empowerment with individuals, with teams, and with leadership because you give people a goal or an objective and then turn them loose and say, here's what I want you to accomplish. You're free to figure out how to do it. And then you trust that they're going to use their expertise and their best ways of working to get it done. And you have tools, right? You have boards, visualized workflows that show you what's being done. You should have regular readouts where you say, this is what we tried and this is what worked and what didn't. So you're not just letting them go kind of work blind. As a leader, you are still having a line of sight, but you do trust that they're doing the best work that they can and you let them get on with it. Uh, and so there's that, that mutual back and forth of trust. And the team earns trust as well by saying, we can get you this campaign in six weeks and then delivering it in six weeks instead of turning into the black hole of marketing where we, we throw good ideas in there and nothing ever seems to, to come back out. Yeah. So in your book, you talk a lot about customer focus in marketing agility. Can you tell us why that's so important and maybe just expound on that a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super important and it tends to get overlooked in discussions about marketing or excuse me, agility and speed, agility and efficiency, but the reason we do all those things is to deliver value to the customer sooner. And that was how Agile became the dominant way of developing software as well, is they used to spend you know, 18, 24 months putting out a, a release update to a software, piece of software that people hated and didn't really want, right? And so ultimately Agile became a way to communicate. It's like a conversation with your customer more often and get show them something and get their feedback and then take that into account for the next phase of work that you do. So Agile's there to do that, right? It's that continuous value delivery as opposed to just speed for speed's sake. Uh, and knowing that helps you put the right systems into place instead of just getting caught up in like, are we doing Agile right or not? Right. Talk a little bit about radical transparency as one of those core principles too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that might be the thing that enables the trust in a lot of ways, because you do have line of sight into everything that's going on. Um, every activity that I'm doing that's related to my team's core reason for being together ha is represented on our board, right? On our visual, we use a Kanban board most of the time. So you can see what I'm working on and I can see what Nathan's working on and our boss can see what we're working on and our teammates can see what we're working on. So it creates, if it's done well, it creates a nice system of accountability. Uh, and when it's done well, it's accountability, right? I said I was gonna work on something that we've all agreed is valuable and I either go and do that or I hit a roadblock and I talk about my problem and you, we all work together to solve it as opposed to, 
I'm kind of like laboring in the dark and, and struggling with something that's now put the entire project at risk because I didn't vocalize or, or create transparency around that. Uh, when it's done badly though, if you don't have the right levels of, of trust in people, then it starts to feel like micromanagement or policing. Cause it's just like, why do I have to put everything out on this board? Right. Don't you trust me to do my work? And it's a little bit like, you know, trust in the good of people, but lock your car, you know, like you can trust people, but you should still do what you can to make, to set yourself up for success. And I think Kanban boards are a lot like that. Sure. And in addition to providing accountability, which I think is the, the organization and the accountability are some of the best results of that. But in addition to that, it, it almost gamifies the system a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, with my team at Agile Sherpas, we're always like, um, we have to ask permission to move someone else's card because it does give you that nice little like dopamine hit when you move your card over to done, right? It's it's a nice thing to to get to do. And, you know, it's also, we focus really heavily in Agile on limiting your work in progress. So if you're doing too much, right, then you don't get anything done. So you have to focus in on the most important things. And that's another great use of having your work visualized is you start to be able to see, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff that we're trying to do. And then your leaders can come in and say, you're not making progress because you have too much on. So stop doing these three things because they're not as important, right? And we give you permission to stop them because we don't need them as much as we need these other things. And then magically, it seems, you finish those things much faster and can move on to the other things, but you have to be able to create that focus. And unless you have it all out in the open, you can't do it. That's right. Okay, the last core principle in your book of in the core principles section was courage. Mm. Talk a little bit about why courage is so important to success in agile marketing. Yeah, courage is, is a big one. A lot of the things that you have to change if you are in a more traditional or kind of ad hoc system it require courage, right? To put all of your work out in the open for everyone to see is a courageous act. For a leader to trust that a team or an individual contributor will do what they were asked to do in a timely and high quality way is a courageous thing to do if you've never done it before. And calling out your teammates, right? If I've been coming to daily standup all week and saying, I'm gonna write this blog post, I'm gonna write this blog post and it's Friday and I haven't done it yet then you need to be courageous and say, Andrea, something's going on. Like, why haven't you made any headway? Are you blocked? Are you stuck? Can I help you? Instead of just kind of sitting quietly and letting the system spiral out of control. They all require different kinds of courage, but being ready to like step up and do what needs to be done helps make things go a lot more smoothly. You also have to have the courage to set your goals and estimate projects and, you know, to, to put that out there because you might fail. So the, the positive, the accountability comes with the need to have the courage to, to make the plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What anti-patterns should we avoid in this process? Yeah. Every single value kind of has its antithesis, right? The, the light and the dark side, so to speak. So we talked about, you know, the bias for action versus the bias toward the status quo and this sort of legacy thinking where, well, we've always done it this way or that will never work here. When you hear those kinds of, of language, you're falling into that trap. Even years after the first go of Agile, you're gonna find opportunities for improvement. And so you should always have that, that bias to try and that bias to adapt. 
um, as part of it. And then, you know, similarly to the, the radical transparency, right? The anti-pattern for that one would be withholding, right? information hoarding is, is one that you'll see when people are uncomfortable with transparency or they think they're only important because they're the only people that know this particular process or they're the only one that knows how to solve this problem. And so they feel important and integral to the system, but you've got to get out of that and say, it's not about me, it's about the team's success. And if I openly share what I know and remove myself as a bottleneck, we can go faster as a group. And that's actually better for everybody. Um, but you you can right, you can see both sides of the coin sometimes when people are early on in, in making the shift. In your book, you talk about how high-performing agile marketing teams can be unstoppable forces. Can you back up that claim a little bit? Give us some examples. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, we heard so many amazing stories at the start of the pandemic when everybody was shifting into lockdown mode. And of course, for marketers in particular, like our entire annual plan was just basically like chuck it in the bin. We're, we're starting over because no, um, no in-person events, people's consumptions of media and their buying habits were shifting basically overnight. And the teams that were already agile had everything visual, right? They could see their work. They could reprioritize, cancel, pause, whatever they needed to do really, really quickly. Um, I know an agile team that like within a week of lockdown, they had been like, okay, here's how we need to help our audience. They need one, two, three types of materials. We're going to stop all of our uh, work on events because those aren't happening. We're shifting all those resources to creating this podcast series that's going to help our customers solve this new problem. They had like 10 podcast episodes recorded in just a couple of weeks, and they were at like 10,000 views on those pages within a couple of weeks of it going out. So this ability to react, serve the customer, right? First and foremost, and then use the change, right? As this catalyst to do something exciting. That's what Agile gives you the ability to do. Whereas, right, I talked to a lot of friends and colleagues early on who were just like, they're working 12 and 14 hour days, just trying to keep the lights on and they didn't know what to do. And they're scrambling to understand everyone's suddenly distributed. There's no single source of truth for who's working on what. And it was a lot of scramble, whereas the Agile teams were like, okay, this is hard, but we've got this, right? We can work through it. Um, so it was a very stark haves and have nots kind of moment for the teams that could lean on their Agile system to help deal with that uncertainty, <laughs> which is what Agile is there to do in the first place, versus those that were trying to force their more traditional ways of working to handle an unprecedented moment that it just wasn't set up to deal with. I like how you described that, where Agile helps helps teams deal with uncertainty and organize and, and manage and optimize that uncertainty. And, uh, and so almost by nature, the teams that are set up well with an Agile marketing system would be able to handle situations better when they're faced with more uncertainty, more challenge, more, more difficulty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're actually just finishing up. We do a survey every year uh, on the state of agile marketing. And we asked people this year how their agile systems, if they had them, helped them deal with the pandemic and the fallout from everything that happened last year. Uh, and 
it was a huge, I'm not going to be able to pull the percentage out of the air right now, but it was a very high majority of the people who were agile were saying that, yes, they used, they leaned on those systems to help them deal with what was going on around them. Um, but, but it has to be there, right? You, you can't create it overnight when the moment that you need it, you've got to build it up so that it's ready when you need it. You don't create it when the emergency happens. You create it so that you're ready when that crisis occurs. Right. Thank you so much, Andrea, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, agile marketing is designed to get value out to customers quickly and consistently. Number two, agile marketing is focused on experimentation. The goal is to learn from our mistakes, not fear them. Number three, as we experiment, we can adapt to customer feedback. Number four, radical transparency is essential when working in a team. It helps everyone stay on the same page and move at a faster pace. Number five, it takes courage to implement agile marketing and put our work out there, especially when there's the possibility of failure. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Andrea or her agile marketing system, listen to part two of this episode or connect with her on LinkedIn or her website, frierear.com and agilesherpas.com. And there's links to all of those sites in the blog post for this episode. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number three, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number four, you can follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. Have you tried Agile Marketing? If so, how has it worked for you? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your marketing efforts. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.